X&O's Thirsty Thursday continues now with the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show. Presented by Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. Here's your host, Jared Stansberry. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show. Presented by Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. In studio tonight, live, Jared Stansberry. I'm going to be joined a little bit later on by... Eric Zamora, who is producing tonight's program. But first, we're going to go to the phones right off the bat, and we're going to talk to Colby Daniels, who is uh, the host of the Colby Daniels podcast and lives down in Oklahoma City, covers the Oklahoma Sooners on his podcast. Colby, how are you doing tonight? Thanks for uh, giving us some time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to uh, not only just have a college football season to cover, but certainly in the Big 12, it's been a wild couple weeks, and I think we're all just kind of on the edge of our seat for the next weekend of college football. Absolutely, and um, obviously it was a wild weekend uh, on Saturday, especially down in down in your neck of woods with uh, with Oklahoma suffering a 38 to 35 loss to Kansas State in Norman, and and that's. The first thing I, I want to ask you is just what's the vibe been uh, since that game, and um, you know how how have uh, have Sooner fans reacted this week? I suppose. Well, anytime Oklahoma loses a football game, it's a very negative vibe until they're able to play again. So I, I imagine all week uh, everybody in the state has written them off and, and decided that they don't have a chance to climb back into things, and uh, you know this week is is no different, certainly. Um, it's, you know, I think for Oklahoma, they've, they've been at the top of this league for so long and they have, they've had so many opportunities in the college football playoff. Generally, most of the conversation after a loss immediately is directed toward what happens with a playoff berth. Can a one loss Oklahoma potentially get in? And, you know, I think this week the consensus is unless they are drastically better the rest of the way and they go unbeaten the rest of the way and they don't put themselves in a position where a committee is going to have to have a conversation about the Oklahoma defense again, um, I, you know, they're probably going to miss out on a college football playoff this year. But that's, that's really been the spotlight, and you look at this team and, and all the deficiencies, it kind of feels like there are more deficiencies with this football team than they've had in the entire Lincoln-Riley era, which is you know only a few years. Yeah, and I, I think that there's – the thing that is interesting to me right now about Oklahoma, and I can't remember who it was that put it out, but it was something like the last three or four games they'd had to play against Big 12 teams in Norman. They'd blown these these big leads, and obviously that includes the the Iowa State game last year uh, when when the Sooners were up 21 and obviously won on the by one point on a, a failed two point conversion as as uh, late in the football game. Um, what do you think it is that's that's been causing that. And then, you know, has that been a a topic of conversation and uh, here over this week, obviously after blowing a a 21 point lead to the, to the Wildcats on Saturday. It's interesting because I I think it's a conversation because the defense has just been so bad for so long that even though you go into every game, understanding with the firepower Oklahoma has offensively, they're capable of blowing everybody out But with the missed tackles and the tendency to get lost in coverage and give up big plays and and penalties that seemingly keep drives alive for the opponent, uh, the inability to create turnovers, all of those things rolled into one, I think, has Sooner fans nervous every week because they understand as good as this offense is, the defense is equally bad. 
to potentially give an opponent their their best Saturday of the football season. So we've seen that over the course of the last three or four years multiple times where quarterbacks or running backs or receivers, you know, have career days against this group and, and they can't seem to get that figured out. The the turnover thing is the most mind blowing statistic to me. The fact that they've been among the lowest in college football for half a decade now. Generally, it kind of feels like that's one of those statistics that has a way of balancing out, and sometimes the ball bounces your way, sometimes it doesn't. For Oklahoma's case, it has not at all. And, and so you have to start asking the question, are they just not putting themselves in the right position to make those plays? What is the issue with the inability to create turnovers? But, uh, yeah, I think for Oklahoma, they go into another game this weekend where I, I don't know that anybody would be surprised if they win by 21 points, but if they're in a dogfight and it's anybody's ballgame with two minutes left, I think that's that's more the expectation. Yeah, and I think that it's interesting to me just because I know with Alex Grinch's history uh, and his other stops as a, a defensive coordinator, I think, I mean, turnovers has not been a, a problem for, for his defenses in the past. And I, I'm interested for your perspective on what's the feeling about Alex Grinch right now, because they were obviously really excited about him early in the season last year. I think that you saw them make a lot of strides and then maybe they took some steps back to where they had been previously. I mean, what is the problem for this Oklahoma defense just overall? Do you think this is a a culture thing? Is it something that's just so deeply ingrained that it will take several recruiting classes to maybe work out? Or, I mean, I guess, is there a possibility that it is uh, a coaching problem? I don't know that it's a coaching problem because it's something that was around before Alex Grinch got here. And, and really the last few seasons that Mike Stoops was at the helm uh, here in Norman, it, it kind of, you know, I, I, everybody saw the writing on the wall. It was headed in the wrong direction. It was not getting any better. I think most people anticipated that the change was going to happen way before it did. And, and maybe they waited too long to the point that they let that defense reach such a level that it was going to be a, a massive undertaking to bring it out of the hole. Last year, they absolutely made forward strides, and I thought they were considerably better last season than they had been for years. Simply from an effort standpoint, it felt like they flew around to the football better than they had in previous seasons. Individual tackling was at a much better level last season than it had been in previous seasons, and it never really felt like they gave up as many just obvious plays as they had in previous seasons. So just from some basic levels, they were tremendously better than they had been. But look, that thing was, they were one of the bottom 10 defenses in, in all of college football the year before. So to say that it's better, it's a, that's a pretty low bar to set. Uh, but I think coming into the season, we all felt like Alex Grinch did a really good job in year number one, that at least it was going forward and not backward. And it kind of feels like on Saturday it was a giant setback, and it kind of feels like they're back at square one. The look on Alex Grinch's face, and I, you know, everybody looks devastated after a loss. I understand that, but just kind of reading the body language and and the overall voice inflection compared to how he normally looks and sounds, he looked like a pretty defeated guy. And and he made the statement something along the lines of. I wish I knew how to fix it. And if I did, we wouldn't be having this issue. And, you know, I, I, it, it was really interesting to hear him phrase it that way paired with the look on his face. It just kind of felt like he he's out of answers and doesn't really know where to turn as far as fixing this defense to your question about what is the main issue. I think it's a combination of getting the right players in place to run a defense that Alex Grinch wants to run. But at the same time, it just also feels like, 
they've been beaten down for such a long period of time. I, I think there's a lack of confidence, and, and it, it kind of feels like it's just a stigma now that is attached to that group, and they're going to have to do something pretty significant to shake it. See, and I wonder how much, you know, because this is obviously in these programs where offense is so, the offenses are so explosive, and I think we've seen this over over time in the just in college football in general, where, especially in the Big 12, I mean, you look at a, a Texas Tech where, you know, they were so focused on offense. You've got a head coach who is a, a very offensive minded head coach, and then they were just, ob- and they could always score points, but they'd be absolutely atrocious on defense. And then, you know, I don't necessarily think that Oklahoma has been atrocious defensively, and there's been, you know, there's been times where I think that they've really, obviously really struggled, but, uh, it, you almost wonder with the style that they play where they have that ability to go and score. And it's like, you, you wonder with when you're a defense, you're like, man, our offense is going to put up 50 points every week. So it's like, how much do we really even have to do? Does that kind of, does that kind of make sense? I don't, I don't know. I'm just like spitballing at this point. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think we've asked that question here for a, a number of years. And there's certainly something to knowing that you have a safety net to work with, right? If you know that every time out your offense is going to spot you 50, you're probably, I mean, you're not held to the standard of pitching a shutout. So I think for a long period of time, there's, there's been that understanding that they have the best offense in college football and they're going to, they're going to hit big plays and they're going to put a giant number on the scoreboard and, and everybody's going to be talking about them. And if you can just get one or two or three stops in the game, that's going to be enough to win the game. And so I'm sure that that plays a role. I would also say this, even though the numbers a year ago weren't drastically different than the Baker Mayfield-led offense and the Kyler Murray-led offense, there was clearly a difference in in what that offense was capable of accomplishing on a weekly basis. And they weren't nearly as dynamic from a scoring standpoint with Jalen Hurts at the helm as they had been in prior years. And, And there were certainly games a year ago where Jalen Hurts had turnovers in the second half and the defense had to step up in a big way, and, and maybe that accounts for some of the, the better effort, and maybe that accounts for the, the defensive improvement last season. I know that we all kind of came back into this season, especially seeing just the ability of Spencer Rattler and the arm of Spencer Rattler and knowing that, once again, you kind of unlock every quadrant of the football field because of his passing ability, whereas you were kind of limited in, in some of the things you could do with Jalen Hurts' passing ability. Um, I, I think everybody kind of anticipated that the offense was going to get back to what it had been under Baker and what it had been under Kyler. So maybe that, that certainly plays a role. I can't imagine that that's not, you know, even if you're not consciously thinking about it, I can't imagine that's not something that is going through the back of your mind. We're talking to Colby Daniels, who's the host of the Colby Daniels podcast. And he lives down in Oklahoma City here on the Cyclone Fanatic radio show. Uh, Speaking of, of Spencer Rattler, I mean, what have been your impressions of him through through the first two games for, for the Sooners, and um, how do you expect him to bounce back uh, after a, you know, it's hard to say that he had a rough game. Um, I would say that he had a, a tough fourth quarter, though, especially against the Wildcats. Yeah, he certainly had a, a rough fourth quarter. Um, I, you know, I think the narrative, especially nationally, when you look at the three interceptions is this guy couldn't show up in, in a big moment, in a big game, first conference game, first time playing against legitimate competition. They played Missouri State, who is one of the worst FCS opponents 
uh, you could possibly find. So it, I don't know what you take out of that other than you could clearly see that Spencer Rattler from, from just a physicality standpoint, arm strength, accuracy, all that, he is everything that he's been hyped up to be. Um, so, yeah, you look at the box score, the three interceptions are glaring. I, I thought that he played a heck of a ball game. Spencer Rattler is at the very bottom of my concern list as far as Oklahoma being able to achieve what they want to achieve this season. Um, he, he made a couple of bad passes in the course of the ball game. There was a point that, that his only two incompletions in the ball game were interceptions uh, last weekend. So the guy has accuracy. The guy has arm strength. The guy can do a lot of things in the passing game. He's young, and like every young quarterback, there are going to be some mistakes along the way. Uh, the biggest thing is you don't want him making those mistakes in, in crucial times. The final interception of the ball game was a position where they get the ball back with 45 seconds left in the ball game, no timeouts, and they've got to push the ball down the field and, and get a score or the game's over. And he tried to, to force a ball and overthrew it, and that was the ball game. So I think he'll bounce back. I think he comes off as very strong-minded. I think he's probably his own biggest critic. Uh, as far as evaluating what he did last week and looking to improve. So I'm still incredibly high on the kid. I think he's going to be tremendous for this team all year, unless I start seeing some patterns where he's putting together uh, consistent mistakes. I, I'm, I'm still really high on Spencer Rattler and his ability. I mean, I can't even imagine the pressure that it would be to be a, I mean, I don't know how old Spencer is. I mean, I know he's a redshirt freshman, so I guess he's probably 19 or 20 years old. To, but to step into the shoes that he has to fill, not only just with Jalen Hurts, but you think about Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, and it's like you said, the expectation that they were maybe going to get back to those numbers from from those first two uh, first two guys who had, had been with uh, Coach Riley. I mean, I, I I can't even imagine how difficult that would be uh, as a as a redshirt freshman, and and for him to even be able to come out and perform the way he has, I think has to be commended on some level. So I get what you're saying. Yeah, he's a guy that's been, from a mentality standpoint, he's been compared to Baker Mayfield quite a bit, and, and I think everybody can evaluate Baker Mayfield as the ultimate believe-in-yourself kind of guy. He doesn't lack in the confidence department whatsoever. Uh, so, yeah, there's a tremendous amount of pressure for Spencer Rattler to jump in at such an early age in this offense and, and there not be any hiccups along the way. Uh, Lincoln Riley puts his quarterbacks in good positions. The guy we know has all the physical abilities to be able to run this offense, so it's just a matter of putting it all together. And he's a guy that, you know, a, a lot of people felt like after watching that QB1 series his senior year in high school that he was very arrogant. And, and look, I think you need arrogance at that position, and you especially need arrogance in that position at the University of Oklahoma if you're going to get through what is demanded of you. You have to be great every Saturday in Lincoln Riley's offense or you're going to hear about it, and he's hearing about it this weekend. I think he's, he, again, he's, he's so confident in himself. I don't think he's going to be down on himself this week. I think he'll bounce back in a good way. The question is, what does the offensive line look like? What does the defense look like? They had special teams issues on Saturday. There were penalties. I mean, there, there was a lot that went wrong for the Sooners, and, and for as many upset losses as, as they've had over the years, this is the first one where it just kind of felt like it was a failure in every single area across the board. You can, you can put a check mark next to everybody's name as far as why they lost this. It wasn't just one bad bounce of the ball. It wasn't just the defense letting them down. It was special teams. It was penalties. It was offense making mistakes. It was turnovers. It was defense blowing assignments. It was defense not being able to tackle. I mean, it was, it was just a complete collection 
of, of shenanigans by this team that allowed Kansas State to dig out of a 21-point hole. And that offensive line, I think, is is one that is going to be especially important to keep an eye on if, if you're an Iowa State fan on on Saturday. I mean, I, I know that you... You, I was on your podcast. I, I was on there earlier today with you, and uh, and we talked about the Iowa State defensive line and obviously their performance that they had against TCU on Saturday. I mean, I would imagine from your perspective, that is a that offensive line group for Oklahoma is one that's really going to have to step up uh, when you consider this this uh, Iowa State defensive front that they're going to be facing on Saturday. Yeah, this is probably, you know, I told you this coming into the season. I felt like Iowa State was probably the best defense in the league. Uh, certainly, I think at all three levels, they're more talented than the Kansas State team that we watched give Oklahoma struggles a week ago. Uh, they, they, I don't think, completely have things figured out as far as, as personnel and the way they want to attack things, and it's probably going to be a situation where you potentially see multiple bodies on that line. But there was a good portion of the game on Saturday where they had two freshmen and again, guys that, that big things are expected from, but in, in the present moment, they are freshmen. They had two freshmen on the left side of the line at guard and tackle. So uh, those guys, again, are, are guys that we all anticipate being really good players, but they're going to they're gonna have to take their lumps like everybody else. And, I, you know, Iowa State's a dangerous team to do that against. So we'll see what happens with the offensive line. My biggest question mark from a passing standpoint is just the tackles and what they're able to do as far as giving Spencer Rattler time in the pocket, and, and the inability to really establish the run game. We've seen two football games now where it's been very underwhelming from a, from a rushing standpoint. Part of that is the offensive line. Part of that, I think, is the running back situation and, and trying to figure out who's going to step into that role and who's really going to embrace that role. A year ago, I, I thought they had one of the best running back groups in the country, and, and all of a sudden you have Ramondre Stevenson, who is suspended for the first half of this season, Trey Sermon transfers to Ohio State. Kennedy Brooks, who I, I thought was incredibly underrated and probably the best back in that group, decided to opt out for this season. So you, you go all the way down to RB4 from last year's roster, and, and that's TJ Pledger, and he's more of a, a change of pace type back. And then you're talking about a couple freshmen that are getting their first opportunity. Seth McGowan is a guy that I think is really dangerous in space. And I think he's going to have a heck of a career at Oklahoma. I expect that he's going to be one of those all Big 12 type guys. I, I don't know how good he is at this point in his career as far as just being a physical back, being able to run between the tackles when you're not getting the ball in space and when you don't have giant lanes to just use your, your God-given speed. So uh, the running backs have to make people miss. Uh, you know, I, I think the one thing that we all give Iowa State a lot of credit for is their ability to tackle and tackle in space. Uh, so I think if you look at the Oklahoma run game, the offensive line is an issue, but the running back's ability to make guys miss at the line of scrimmage is also something that's going to have to be better, especially because this just isn't the same group that we saw two years ago when they were the, the Joe Moore award winners. All right, last thing here from me. Um, I guess, and I'm not gonna, I don't want to put you on the spot and ask you to make a prediction or anything like that, but what, uh, what is, what is your feeling coming into this game? How, you know, what are you going to be watching for and, and how do you think, um, you know, it could kind of shake out, I suppose? That's really interesting. I've, I've kind of gone back and forth on this all week. I think traditionally the one thing that Oklahoma has been great at is bouncing back from a loss. Traditionally, they, over the last five to ten years, it, it seems like after they lose, they're going to go out and, and win like 48-0 to zero the next week. That's the kind of performances we've seen from them. 
um, you know, barring a couple of outliers. But this to me is a little bit of a different animal because I, I look at this Oklahoma team right now, and there's not really just one thing that you can hang your hat on as far as what we know we will see on Saturday. There are question marks in a bunch of areas. I can hang my hat on the fact that the Oklahoma defense is going to give up some big plays. They're going to struggle tackling in space. Uh, they're, they're probably not going to force a bunch of turnovers unless Iowa State gives the ball to them. Uh, those are just things that I, I think we can go into understanding that the Oklahoma defense is going to get beat their fair share of times. Offensively is the big question mark. We know the firepower is there. I, I mentioned the running backs. Those guys are tremendous in space, and those guys are big playmakers. I just don't know if they can do it in the between-the-tackle type of, of run game. From a receiver standpoint, the big-make-you-miss the, the big, can't make, the, the big can't, uh, make you miss guy is the freshman Marvin Mims, who's been outstanding through two games, and, and he's a guy that you get him the ball in space, and he, could, he can take it to the house from anywhere. But Charleston Rambo, Theo Weiss, those guys I, I feel like are, are more – either over-the-top type of guys or catch-the-ball-in-stride type of guys, not really throw a pass and, and he's going to do the C.D. Lamb type stuff. So uh, Austin Stogner is probably the, the biggest X factor. They've got to take uh, advantage of, of the mismatch that he can create from the tight end position, but we don't know about pr- pass protection. We don't know about their ability to establish the run game. We saw Kansas State play two deep safeties for four quarters, and Oklahoma failed to, to figure it out. So... I think it's going to be a really close game. I think that for as much as Oklahoma may be able to hit on some big plays, I anticipate that the Oklahoma defense is, is going to allow Iowa State those same opportunities. And I expect with five minutes to go, it's going to be the same sort of situation that we watched in Norman last year with these two teams. All right, He's Colby Daniels, the host of the Colby Daniels podcast. If you want to hear more of his thoughts on Oklahoma football, I saw that he had Rufus Alexander, the former Oklahoma linebacker, on uh, earlier this week. So check him out on all the uh, major podcast platforms. Colby, thanks for taking some time, and, uh, and I'll talk to you again, uh, again soon, all right? Yeah, anytime, Jared. Appreciate it, buddy. Yep, thanks, man. All right, this is the Cyclone Fanatic radio show presented by Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. We're going to talk some Big 12 football uh, and some other stuff with Eric Zamora when we come back. You're listening to Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and now 106.3 FM. Hey guys, it's Williams here from Cyclone Fanatic on behalf of my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. They've been a part of the Cyclone Fanatic radio show here Thursday nights on KXNO for a really long time. We're, we're talking like half a decade now. They're great supporters of what we do, and in return, we like to do the same to them. That's why anytime I need any electronics, anything like that, I call my friend Tim Mullen at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. Not only do I get the best service in town, but they're Cyclone Fanatic supporters, big time. Give our friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive a call today and tell them Cyclone Fanatic sent you. Look no further your next vehicle than the number one dealer for all brands, Carl Chevrolet. All month long, save as much as up to 21% off on a variety of new Chevrolets. Or qualified buyers can receive 0% for 84 months on select new 2020 Chevrolet models when financed through GM Financial. And don't forget about the great zero-down sign-and-drive lease offers on select new Chevys. Find new roads and experience why more Iowans choose to drive a Chevy from Carl Chevrolet. Or find details and pricing online at carlchevrolet.com. 
Plus, follow us on Facebook to keep up with all the great things we have going on this month. Proven to be worth the trip from anywhere for over 40 years. Carl Chevrolet, I-35, exit 90, in Ankeny, at The Rock. Your dealer for life, Carl Chevrolet. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams from CycloneFanatic.com. I'm here today on behalf of my friends at the Iowa Clinic. I want you to go to theiowaclinic.com. That's iowaclinic.com and get information on your annual flu vaccine. With the COVID-19 pandemic ongoing, we got to do what we can to protect our immune systems from diseases like the flu. Fortunately, there's a good way to do it. It's the flu vaccine. So here's your phone number, 515-875-875. 9,000. Give them a call to schedule it, or you can go on and schedule an appointment online at iowaclinic.com. The Iowa Clinic has offices in West Des Moines or where I go in Ankeny. I'm Chris Williams reminding you, get that flu shot. It's more important this year than ever. Gershman Mortgage, the Midwest's premier mortgage lender, is proud to be a part of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home, a vacation home, if you're going to upgrade or remodel that existing home, you can even refinance your current mortgage. Gershman Mortgage is here to help. With over 60 years in the mortgage industry, we have security, experience, and unmatched service. Visit our Ankeny office. Call 515-964-5952. Visit Gershman.com to get pre-approved today. Gershman Mortgage, NM. LS number 138063, 1200 Southwest State Street, Suite E, Ankeny, Iowa, 50023, Equal Housing Lender. This year has brought challenges unlike any other, but if there's one thing we can count on, it's that cyclones come together in times of need. Through the Forever True for Iowa State campaign, an initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation, cyclones everywhere are helping to reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. More than 89,000 donors have participated, including 30,000 first-time donors. The gifts thus far total more than $1.35 billion. The campaign has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size. Learn more at forevertrueisu.com. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Leclerc, Iowa and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowish cream liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company and go Cyclones. Cyclone Fanatics, the job world is a competitive place, and at all times you need to dress for success. This is exactly why you should stop into Mr. B Clothing down at 1995 Northwest 86th Street in Clive and see my buddy Tim Sitzman. Now, Mr. B Clothing is a longtime supporter of CycloneFanatic.com, but is also unmatched when it comes to the men's clothing game in Des Moines. The Mr. B staff is friendly, fun, they're very knowledgeable, and trust me, these guys will get you looking good for that next job interview, wedding, or just your everyday wardrobe. When you stop into Mr. B Clothing, be sure to tell them thank you for supporting CycloneFanatic.com. It's not whether you win or lose. It's whether you serve pork at your tailgating party. Hi, I'm Dave Struthers, and I'm here to remind you that Iowa pig farmers like me work hard year-round so you have safe, wholesome pork for the football season. Whether it's pulled pork sandwiches, ribs, or chops, nothing says tailgating better than pork. This message brought to you by Iowa Pork Producers through the Pork Checkoff. 
Make your tailgating delicious. Learn more at iowapork.org. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams from CycloneFanatic.com. I'm here today on behalf of my friends at the Iowa Clinic. I want you to go to the iowaclinic.com. That's iowaclinic.com and get information on your annual flu vaccine. With the COVID-19 pandemic ongoing, we got to do what we can to protect our immune systems from diseases like the flu. Fortunately, there's a good way to do it. It's the flu vaccine. So here's your phone number, 515-875-9000. Give them a call to schedule it or you can go on and schedule an appointment online at iowaclinic.com. The Iowa Clinic has offices in West Des Moines or where I go, in Ankeny. I'm Chris Williams reminding you, get that flu shot. It's more important this year than ever. This pony needs a new home. Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson has an exclusive drawing for our VIPs. Earn entries now for your shot at a new Ford Mustang Fastback. But this ride can only go home with select Club Wild members. Check your status today when you play at Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson. You'd rather be here. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BEDS-OFF. Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show presented by Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. Jared Stansberry coming back to a, a little bit of the little bit of the weekend. Man, I, uh, this song is on the easy. I'm gonna bring you in on this segment, but uh, this song is on NBA 2K21. Okay, and it plays like every five minutes <laughs> in the park. And it it drives me crazy. It's like a constant rotation of this and uh, Jack Harlow's "What's Poppin'," and if, it it's enough to drive someone insane. If you haven't, uh, if you're listening out there and haven't seen it, um, the weekend actually was uh, in the film "Uncut Gems." Oh yeah, and I mean he's basically playing himself, but I, you know, for a non actor, thought he did all right. Small part, dude. That movie is. A roller coaster. Yeah, it is. If if you, oh man, I could not recommend that highly enough to someone. But it is one of those ones that, like, you need to have uh, alcohol ready, readily available because you're gonna walk away from it uh, feeling like you just went on like a, a I don't know, the most intense roller coaster you can even imagine. And uh, and it's one of those films where a lot of people you know, still have in their mind, like, okay, Adam Sandler. Right. They think of him early 90s, like Happy Gilmore and uh, Billy Madison. It's like, no, Adam Sandler has graduated to an actual an actual actor. Yeah, it's, it's really funny because I had no idea what I was walking into. I, I saw Kevin Garnett was in it, and I saw Adam Sandler was in it, and I was and like, like, oh, done. I'm in. I'm in. Done. And, I mean, it was, it was like I said, it's a fantastic movie. I, I really enjoyed it. Saw it down in uh, Orlando with Alex Halstead and Dylan Montz, who used to cover the Cyclones, too. But uh, I walked away from it just absolutely blown away. An, an outstanding, outstanding one. Uh, Adam Sandler should have gotten a Best Actor nomination last year, but that's a whole other whole other deal for for me that exact same setup was when i saw the matrix oh gosh Uh, the the matrix all we knew about it going in was that lawrence fishburne was in it and had something to do with computers we didn't even know keanu reeves was going to be in it and all of a sudden we're like wow that was a lot more than i bargained for for a saturday afternoon yeah i mean i 
Oh gosh, based on what you've already seen of Keanu Reeves, I don't think I would have expected that uh, in any way. But yeah. uh, all right, I want to talk some Big Twelve football with you, Zamora. Obviously, first I want to talk about Iowa State and Oklahoma. Just got done talking talking to Colby Daniels, who was uh, awesome. Like I said, check out his podcast. I think the one that I was on will be posted tomorrow, and we talked a lot about Iowa State and Oklahoma on there. But, um, I, man, the closer that we get to this game on Saturday, the more and more confident that I am in Iowa State's ability to not only keep it close but potentially win goes up. Uh, and I, I'm kind of that way always, no matter who Iowa State is playing. But – I just the more that I look at this Oklahoma team, man, I think that Iowa State matches up favorably with them, and I just think that this is a game that Iowa State is going to have every opportunity to to win and in, in the be and be right there in the in the final minutes. If I can try to sum it up, basically what you're saying is, is you know that going in every week there is a path to yeah. a Cyclones victory, but as you started to break this Oklahoma team down, you're like, man, if they weren't called Oklahoma. I would have a way different feel about it, and you've started to realize that that path isn't, oh, they need to do every single thing perfectly, but as you started to break it down, that path started to become wider and more realistic. Right, yeah, exactly, and I think that uh, when I was, you know, I, I think back to like 2017, Obviously, they're going down there. There's all the stuff going on with uh, with Jacob Park and all that stuff, and it was like, man, I just hope that they can keep it close. And even the next year, you're like, uh, you know, I don't really know. You know, maybe they can hang around. Uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And, and they kind of did. I mean, I think they were within seven late in the game, ended up losing by ten. But and then even last year, I, I it was a very similar to this situation, just because of um, they lost to Kansas State the week previously. You knew that they were how good they were how many talented players they had but they don't as good as Spencer Rattler might be they don't have Jalen Hurts you know who is this guy who had been really talented had played for a national championship and and all that kind of stuff they don't have a C.D. Lamb who is a uh, was a generational type talent at the receiver position. You know, Colby talked about they didn't, they didn't have Kenny. You don't have Kenny Brooks. You don't have Trey Sermons. You don't have uh, all these other guys. And it's like, and then when you factor in their struggles along the offensive line as well, like this just feels like a game that Iowa State can control on some level on on both sides of the football, much like TCU. Am I saying that? Uh, am I gonna pick an Iowa State win? I don't know. Uh, I. I think it will be. I'm saying that I think that this is as close as Iowa State and Oklahoma have ever been, top to bottom, and it won't take something, some kind of crazy fluke for them to win the football game. Normally, when Iowa State matches up with Oklahoma on a given Saturday, on a given year, you're thinking, okay, we need a lot of things to go our way. We need to pull an upset. Right. And as, as you've said, as Iowa State's program starts to advance all of a sudden it becomes we're not trying to upset Oklahoma we're just trying to beat them we feel like we're you know the uh, Iowa State by no means has the the pedigree that Oklahoma does but now their expectations are much closer to each other than they were even five years ago see and that's where if Iowa State wants to become a team that competes for Big 12 championships and goes to Big 12 championship games and you know potentially goes to January bowl games. 
I think that that's the mindset you have to eventually get to. And it's it's not that you go into the season like, oh, Oklahoma, that's an automatic win. But it's like every year you know going into that Oklahoma game, okay, we're going to have a good opportunity to win the football game. And, yeah. and I think that that's where they're at. I don't think there's anybody on Iowa State's schedule right now that they don't have any opportunity to be able to beat. Uh, but I was still surprised to see Oklahoma open as a nine-point favorite. That number is down to seven now. And, I mean, that's one where in my mind, like, the Oklahoma name must be worth a bunch of points. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that that – and, like, that makes sense. But Especially that's, but still, in this like, year. Yeah, like, that that did not make sense to me to see that number the way that – and it, I'm surprised it hasn't gone down even more than what it has. Yeah, I think that uh, – well, one of the reasons is for those who are setting the, the line and for those who are gambling – the the loss to Louisiana still has to be fresh in the minds yeah. uh, for for the Cyclones, or I shouldn't say for the Cyclones, but for those yeah. in the gambling side. But you're right this this Iowa State team, if they want to to get to that point, it, it it's got to be a victory where afterwards they go okay. You know, it it it's business as usual. We we use the phrase uh, a lot in the sporting world: "Act like you've been there before." And this has the feeling of if Iowa State knocks off Oklahoma, not that in 2020 they would have had a, a ton of fans and uh, uh, and and students to do it anyway. But it has to start to feel like, look, just go, hey, good win, everybody high five, you know, and and expect it. Expect to beat teams like Oklahoma, especially an Oklahoma team that is much more flawed mm-hmm. than we have seen. And and again, o- Oklahoma still a good program, and Spencer Rattler knows what he's doing. But especially when you look at the line of succession with going from Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield to Spencer Rattler, all of a sudden it's wow, this Sooners team is much more beatable than they have been in the last few years. Yeah, and that's something that when we were talking to Colby and he and he mentioned that there was a almost an expectation that they were going to get back to those numbers offensively that they were putting up with uh Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield in the back of my mind I'm like, man, I that does not seem very fair to a retro freshman, you know, no matter how talented they might be. No, not at all. I mean, that uh, as good as those guys were, uh, and as good as those offensive were, offenses were, and the people that they had around them, man, like that. And that's why I asked the question about pressure because it's like that's that's crazy. Those are two of like the best offenses in the history of college football. Yeah, but I, I think when you're trying to figure out why Oklahoma is as big a favorite as they are, I think it boils down to it's 2020. It's a pandemic year. We haven't had an opportunity to see teams play as much as we would have to this point. The teams themselves haven't had as much of an opportunity to get themselves situated. And I think a lot of people are going to the adage of, well, the good teams are going to be good and the bad teams are going to be bad. Where I think the Cyclones can really flip that script is Matt Campbell and Brock Purdy have been together now for three years. Spencer Rattler is the new kid on the block, and I think that Iowa State needs to really take advantage of that. Put Purdy in a situation where on the opposite side of the field, Oklahoma's going, we can't have Spencer do things like that. He's just not ready, and we're not comfortable with him trying to make those type of plays. See, and that's where if if you do win this game, in my mind, we come out of Saturday – 
with the mindset that it's like it's it's Big Twelve championship game or not necessarily or bust, but that's that that is the that's the mindset. We're a team that's going to compete to win this league because you just took down the the big dog, you know. And and as crazy as that would have been to say two weeks ago, coming out of that game against Louisiana, I. I truly think that there was just a lot of weird stuff going on, and this is just a weird year. But I think that if you win this game and you look at the other teams in this conference and you have already gotten through Oklahoma, I mean, that's a, that's where you're like, hey, we are in the perfect position, and we've beaten the other teams that we've had that we have to play on our schedule before. Now we just have to go and do it. And I mean, I look at the over over under number of 62 and a half. That tells me that they expect Iowa State to try and keep the score low. Mm-hmm. And and that in my mind is more favorable to Iowa State for the over under to be 62 and a half. But all right, let's look at some of these other games here on the Cyclone Fanatic Radio show uh presented by Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive. Um another number that is jumping out to me right off the bat especially considering the way that their game went last week in Lubbock, is that Texas is a 12-point favorite over TCU. And I know that it's only TCU's second game, but that is a team that I came away from Saturday thinking is not 12 points worse than Texas, no matter how explosive Texas's offense is. And, I mean, I know we can sit here, Texas Tech's defense probably still stinks, but they gave up 56 points to Texas Tech. Like, mm-hmm. how? what do they think they're going to give up to TCU? Yeah, I mean that's an, still a good offense. I, I I think again you're trying to find that fine line of does Vegas know something that we don't know, or is this reverting back to the old? Yeah. Is it just well, if we don't really know what's going on, let's just anoint the best teams in the Big Twelve and probably the the blue bloods of just college football in general, and say when in doubt. Let's just assume that they're going to be good. But I, I think you're dead on in this analysis of, look, when you pick apart teams like Texas and Oklahoma, this isn't your father's Texas and Oklahoma. And we've got to look at the world in 2020. And I, I think you're right. I think that could very easily be a much closer game than the uh, odds makers are trying to make it out to be. And then I, I think that the there's two other good games on Saturday. I mean, whoever plays Kansas this season, if any, if Kansas gets within 20 points of any team in the Big 12 this year, frankly, I think I would be surprised. I mean, this is that is a horrible Kansas team. I watched them play against Baylor for a little bit, and uh, and that's where where I was going to go next is this Baylor West Virginia game. I mean, you, I think you could basically count this as Baylor's first real game. Like that. That's fair. Kansas is so bad, dude, and. Um, I think that you've seen West Virginia make some strides. Uh, obviously, they did lose to Oklahoma State last week, but it was a you know they were able to to hang around with the uh, and keep that relatively low scoring for what we thought that Oklahoma State was going to be this year. But that's where I I think that if you're looking at maybe a quote unquote besides Iowa State and Oklahoma quote unquote a possible upset, I think that that West Virginia one might be a, a pretty good value two and a half point underdogs to Baylor going into that game. Yeah, and uh, speaking of uh, upsets, for those who are uh, not aware right now, uh, St. Louis Cardinals just jumped out on top of the uh, San Diego Padres four to nothing in a best of three series. Where again, uh, they won yesterday. Yeah, uh, again, when when you take a look at what the what the Big Twelve has to offer this year, it's it's funny because 
the 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 knock on it is year in year out is okay well the 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 defensive productivity doesn't keep up with the with the offense and i think that this is a year where a lot of things are going to be turned upside down there's going to be a, a lot of things that aren't the you know you can count Every year on A, B, and C, you know it's it's and 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 people will go after the Big Twelve for the defenses. Look to see some teams all of a sudden in the Big Twelve go. Wow, I expected that to be a, a shootout. Maybe it's not going to be because you don't get that typical routine mm-hmm. leading up to the college football season, and you know as as well as anybody. Athletes and coaches, especially, are creatures of habit. Right. And if you disrupt their, you know, what they have set in mind is this is what we need to do in order to prepare. Who knows what the results are going to be on Saturday? Yeah, and I'll, I will say last my last point, and then uh, and then we'll take a break, and then I want to talk some uh, NFL stuff with you to to close out the show. But uh, if anybody out there, if we had told them on I don't know August tenth. Well, okay, maybe not August 10th. At that point, we didn't think they were even going to play. So August 20th or something like that, that Texas Tech and Kansas State at 2.30 p.m. in Manhattan, Kansas on Saturday would have the highest over-under number in the Big 12. I I would have said that you probably need to go and get your, your brain checked because there's no way that that game would have an over-under of 64 higher than Iowa State and Oklahoma and Texas and TCU. I don't know who that would really be in favor of Kansas State's a two-and-a-half-point favorite on in the line. But, I mean, if I'm looking at that number and if, if that is even going to be remotely close, then uh, that sounds like something that would be in favor of Texas Tech, in my opinion. I'd, I'd be interested to know your thought as well. Yeah, yeah, I would I would fall lock in step with you in, in, in that analysis. And again, everything comes back to you know the, the 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 pandemic throws a wrench in it you you you, you talk about a a game that why would that be the highest right. over under especially which is Kansas State they always place i mean it, not it, the team that exactly does. but basically throw everything out the window i mean right yeah. now we've got we had uh, 16 teams make the major league playoffs <laughs> True. Uh, in in baseball in in hockey and um basketball you you had the NBA uh, finals get underway last night and Stanley Cup and it was all hosted in hub cities in a bubble so uh, uh, again there are going to be some keen betters out there who keep an eye on those minute details and because of that are really going to get an advantage because I think for the first time ever Vegas is a little unsure of itself. The people setting these lines, I don't think they're nearly as confident as they have been in years past. Yeah, I think you can throw all conventional wisdom out the window. How's Williams doing on his locks? I haven't even heard. Locks have been rough. Okay, I, I was, that's what when you were saying that, I was like, he, man, I bet went, Williams is getting his butt kicked on his went, on his locks. He went uh, three and two last week, but going into the week, I want to say he was two and five. Ooh. Yeah, tough break. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I want to talk some NFL stuff. I want to talk about uh, Alan Lazard, some big news for him uh, earlier today. Hakeem Butler signed with the Eagles earlier this week. I want to talk to you about that stuff. That sounds good to you. When we come back here on the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, presented by Nebraska Furniture, Martin Clive, on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and now 106.3 FM. 
Hey y'all, Brent Bloom here. Let me tell you about my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. They have a giant new store that they opened up about a year and a half ago. They're in West Clive, right near the Waukee border, my old stomping grounds. And they can help you out with any of your needs. In fact, with a larger warehouse now, a larger selection, they have many items right there at the store. In fact, my mom just needed some new appliances recently. It was an easy call to make. Told her to call Tim Mullen and the guys and gals over at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. And always ask for the price match. They'll help you out. There's something competing out there. Check out our Cyclone Fanatic friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams from CycloneFanatic.com. I'm here today on behalf of my friends at the Iowa Clinic. I want you to go to the iowaclinic.com. That's iowaclinic.com and get information on your annual flu vaccine. With the COVID-19 pandemic ongoing, we got to do what we can to protect our immune systems from diseases like the flu. Fortunately, there's a good way to do it. It's the flu vaccine. So here's your phone number, 515-875-875. 9,000. Give them a call to schedule it. Or you can go on and schedule an appointment online at iowaclinic.com. The Iowa Clinic has offices in West Des Moines or where I go in Ankeny. I'm Chris Williams reminding you, get that flu shot. It's more important this year than ever. Look no further for your next vehicle than the number one dealer for all brands, Carl Chevrolet. All month long, save as much as up to 21% off on a variety of new Chevrolets. Or qualified buyers can receive 0% for 84 months on select new 2020 Chevrolet models when financed through GM Financial. And don't forget about the great zero down sign and drive lease offers on select new Chevys. Find new roads and experience why more Iowans choose to drive a Chevy from Carl Chevrolet or find details and pricing online at carlchevrolet.com. Plus, follow us on Facebook to keep up with all the great things we have going on this month. Proven to be worth the trip from anywhere for over 40 years. Carl Chevrolet, I-35, exit 90, in Ankeny, at The Rock. Your dealer for life. This year has brought challenges unlike any other. Challenges impacting every one of us in some way. But if there's one thing we can count on, it's that Cyclones come together in time of need. Through the Forever True for Iowa State campaign, a historic initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation to raise donations that will benefit every aspect of the university, Cyclones everywhere are helping to reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. More than 89,000 donors have given to the campaign thus far, including over 30,000 first-time donors. These gifts total more than $1.35 billion. The campaign, now in its final year, has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size, and the impact is seen across campus. During these challenging circumstances, the generosity of Iowa State donors is what keeps the heart of campus beating. Learn more at forevertrueisu.com. Cyclone Fanatics, the job world is a competitive place, and at all times you need to dress for success. This is exactly why you should stop into Mr. B Clothing down at 1995 Northwest 86th Street in Clive and see my buddy Tim Sitzman. Now, Mr. B Clothing is a longtime supporter of CycloneFanatic.com, but is also unmatched when it comes to the men's clothing game in Des Moines. The Mr. B staff is friendly, fun, they're very knowledgeable, and trust me, these guys will get you looking good for that next job interview, wedding, or just your everyday wardrobe. When you stop into Mr. B Clothing, be sure to tell them thank you for supporting CycloneFanatic.com.
This pony needs a new home. Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson has an exclusive drawing for our VIPs. Earn entries now for your shot at a new Ford Mustang Fastback. But this ride can only go home with select Club Wild members. Check your status today when you play at Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson. You'd rather be here. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Hey, Cyclone fans, it's Chris Williams. You've heard our friends from the Iowa pork producers. They've been coming on here for the last couple of years. I've been telling you guys about them. I've had the great opportunity to meet so many of our state's great pork producers over the last couple of years, and I've learned so much. One thing specifically, I didn't really know this before. I guess I probably should have, but these pigs are raised in environmentally controlled barns. That helps farmers care for the pigs. They protect the pigs from extreme temperatures, predators, you know, all that stuff. It is so high-tech, some of the stuff that our great pork producers are doing, and they're doing it all to feed our world. And, and, don't forget about this, so you can have some of that delicious Iowa pork at your tailgates coming up this fall. From everyone at Cyclone Fanatic, I'm Chris Williams saying thank you to our state's great pork producers. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Leclerc, Iowa and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowa's Cream Liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company and go Cyclones. Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, presented by Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. If you're wondering where Tim Mullen and Chris Williams and Brent Bloom are with their picks this week, Tim's on vacation. I think Chris is coaching a little Arsenal soccer game. Yeah, that's correct. Brent's probably just being lazy. I'm just kidding. Brent is uh, always hard at work. But uh, Easy, I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the former Cyclones that are... Um, that are in the NFL right now. Yeah, big as, news this week. Yeah, big news this week uh, for um, Hakeem Butler. But first, I actually want to talk to you about uh, Alan Lazard, mm-hmm. who had his the best game of his career on Sunday Night Football. Six catches, 146 yards, and a touchdown against the Saints. Got the game ball. Uh, is Had there been news that he'd been injured? No, basically... Uh, he was held out of practice uh, today uh, with a core muscle injury, and then all of a sudden, um, just breaking within the last hour, they're talking that surgery is a possibility. Now, nothing has been confirmed, um, but right now the, the status is just that he is out indefinitely, um, and that they are they're talking about. Uh, looks like he was examined by specialist Dr. William Myers uh, to determine whether uh, there will be surgery or not. That's uh, Adam Schefter of ESPN reporting that, um, but what a a blow that could be to a, a developing career. And I know that a lot of people will say, "Well, I mean that that could be a setback, but that's that's all it could be." You don't know, and I don't even necessarily mean that uh, 
that he could be coming back and still dealing with it. But even if he comes back, there are a lot of quarterbacks that are that are finicky. And when you start to develop a relationship with a quarterback, you start to get that familiarity. And when you all of a sudden are are riding that momentum, the the absolute last thing you want to do is come out um, for any period of time because Aaron Rodgers could then start developing that chemistry with somebody else uh, and so you know obviously even myself someone who is a Vikings fan and doesn't like the Green Bay Packers hoping to see uh, Lazard um, going a route that he either doesn't have to have surgery or if he does um, that he's out for very little time because obviously around here you know we we cheer on Cyclones as they reach the NFL level and uh, hopefully uh, this doesn't disrupt him too much but it's the NFL. There's always two or three guys that are hungry and chomping at the bit to try to get into your snaps. This is such a bummer, dude. And you just made me more. You just bummed me out more. Thanks, <laughs> uh, man. Man, this sucks, dude. Because, the, man, nobody out there. I have been around few people, uh, especially on the football side, that have deserved the opportunity that they finally got more than Alan Lazard. Uh, there is no way in my mind, and I, I mean, I say this without a shadow of a doubt, the fact that he did not get drafted mm-hmm. in 2017, or what was that, 2018, is still horrible, and it's still stupid, and it's still a mistake by all 32 NFL GMs, even if the Packers did correct it eventually. Right. That kid was good enough to get drafted, and he's proven it. He's proven it right now. He has been proving it right now. And... Man, this this just stinks. Um, I hope that he's able to. He doesn't need surgery. Obviously, I hope that he's able to to get back quickly, uh, because nobody has worked harder to earn their finally earn their opportunity uh, than Alan Lazard has. Literally twenty four hours ago, the story was Lazard's big. You know, uh, a coming out party. He he had a fantastic game and really has been putting together uh, a solid season. I mean. He tormented the the Vikings in Week One as well, and then there were you know all these sound bites about like why was this guy not drafted? Why did all these teams overlook him? And then as you know quickly as the the NFL is as far as things you can be riding high one day and then down the next. Um, all of a sudden now all, we're looking at you know crossing our fingers and hoping that it's nothing serious. <sighs> Gosh dang it, man! That's just so typical Iowa State dude for this to happen but all right let's get to the good news Hakeem Butler signed to a a live roster this week uh you know a lot more about uh the NFL rosters and stuff like that than what I do uh signed with the Eagles apparently he's gonna play tight end yeah and that's what is really interesting is when I first heard that he was gonna be in Philly I'm like that's a great fit as we know last year they were really struggling at the uh, wideout spot and then this year um, guys like Jeffrey and Rieger have uh, had some injury issues um, I believe in fact uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson has as well and even Arcega Whiteside uh, has him in completely healthy this week that's where I would have assumed they would have fit him in um, but right now they're going to try to try him out at tight end what do you feel um, as what you saw of him in uh, in Ames, you feel that he's going to transition nicely to a tight end position. Yeah, I mean, I think he could. Uh, I just don't. 
I he can't be a traditional NFL tight end. I don't think. I mean, unless he's going to drastically. I mean, he's always already a a big guy. But I mean, I, for one, I think you'd have to put on more weight. Yeah. Uh, and two, I don't know what he's ever done as like a can like an attached blocker or anything like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, obviously, it's all always good to to find a new spot and get on an active roster. Well, and but as we talked about. Things change. The game is changing. And quite honestly, the traditional NFL tight end position is going away. It's evolving into, look, if you don't catch balls, you're not getting on the field. Yeah, for sure. All right, thanks, EZ, for helping me uh, finish out tonight's show. Thanks again to Colby Daniels for coming on to start the segment. This has been the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and now 106.3 FM.